Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle aged warriors, Chris Samino and Rick Summers. And welcome once again to show 52 of Middle Aged Warriors with me, Rick, and him, Chris. I think I am. And uh, our lovely uh, announcer, Valerie. And she's also a technical director who was kind enough to just lend me. She lent me her Yeti. I see that. I think she just stepped <laughs> the in there at the last minute to save you with a microphone. I like that. Absolutely. She's a keeper. Absolutely. This one. So, she's a keeper. Mm-hmm. She is. So we're going to just fly by the seat of our pants today because we're kind of, um, how do you say, unprepared for class? A little bit, you know, uh, we're, well, we're guestless. Um, we had a couple of people we could have reached out to, but I don't like to put them on the spot in short notice. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of different things going on. Well, let's, let's back it up first. We've both now gone through the first vaccine. Right. I guess you were scheduled uh, to get the, I was scheduled for the Johnson and Johnson vaccine actually. Right. And, uh, the day before I got a notice that said, sorry, that's not going to play out. Not happening. Yeah, thanks for playing. Yeah. Um, so uh, they just really substituted, which is great that they can do that. Which one did you get? Uh, I got the Pfizer, so I'm still waiting. I on... got the Moderna. You got the oh, okay. you got four weeks in between. I only had three weeks in between. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I always thought it was three, but it's four. So I go back in the middle of uh, May. Yeah, one is the Pfizer. Unbelievable. Three, Moderna is four. So uh, for you. Now you're what? You're 48, at least 48 hours removed. How, how do you feel? Did, did you feel anything in particular from this first shot? No, you know something? I got to be honest with you. Uh, I, I rolled over on my arm where the injection went, and that was the only thing <clears throat> I felt. Uh, yeah. But I, I didn't have any of the other so-called side effects symptoms. I was really lucky. And you know what, Chris? I, I really, I blush when I say this, but... When you have MS, you have so much of this crap to begin with anyway. Right. Uh, tingling, numbness, you know, aches and pains and stuff like that. That to me, this was like just another day. So, right. Sadly, but I know that you struggled a little bit, right? Yeah, not much. And again, it was the same type of thing. It was, you know, the first few hours afterwards, I was fine. And I even, you know, I went out and went about my business normally, even into the next day. But when I rolled over that morning, in bed again, I felt my arm like, whoa, uh, and I've had many shots and flu shots and different things. Uh, this one, you know, felt like, felt like George Foreman gave you a good shot in, in the upper <laughs> arm something along those lines. And I don't know. I mean, I might've just been tired the next evening. Anyway, I felt a little extra tired, but nothing they claim they, whoever they are, uh, whoever the they second are, shot, the second shot, apparently mm. you tend to have more side effects. If you're going to get them, they tend to be a little bit more exacerbated after the second uh, vaccination. So we'll see if that happens. You know, my mom's 86 years old and she went through both of them. And after the second one, we were a little concerned, you know. Yeah. Second one, she said, oh, I haven't felt that good in years. For two, three days, I felt great. Now I feel like crap again. I'm like, oh, that's... So go figure. You got the right shot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just, I, you know, everybody seems to be a little bit different with this, but I've heard some younger people after the second shot really feeling like lousy, uh, like they're almost yeah. like a, a case of got knocked on their keisters. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. I'm, I'm shying away from that happening, but if it does, it does. I mean, we've got to get hey, through this. It is what it is. That's being young, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, getting back to the other thing. So we're, we've kind of been dealing with that stuff, but you know, there's a lot of different things going on in our lives. And I, and what happens with this podcast sometimes is lo and behold, the week has passed by and you're like, did we do a show? What are we doing this week? So I think this is one of those weeks we really sort of got caught, like you said, uh, you know, not prepared for class. Oh crap. I was supposed to do some research and I didn't, but, uh, life's around us. So let's, let's talk about it. What's going on. Yeah, with so, you? so, so meanwhile, it's a couple of middle-aged guys just sitting around with, uh, I wish I had a, a glass of wine or a glass of bourbon or something, but imagine that we do. Mm-hmm. And you're just basically eavesdropping on, uh, Chris and Rick, just shooting the shit. Pretty much. That's what we're doing. Um, let's, let's dabble into sports. Uh, okay. The baseball season is now in swing a couple of weeks in. Uh, yeah, aren't I, you glad you're not Jacob deGrom? Oh, gosh, yeah. Was, that's one of the things I was going to talk about. Yeah, this yeah. guy, if you think about it, he may end up being like a three or four times Cy Young Award winner with collectively by far the least amount of wins. But yeah. Yet, you know, uh, ERA, ridiculous, strikeouts, ridiculous, but... I want to take a minute to talk about one of our sponsors, Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Man, I don't know. And I think it starts to get into the head of the team now when he's pitching. I have a feeling they press at the plate because they're trying so hard now to get him support because, let's be honest, the light is being, you know, blasting on them. Like, you're going to get me some runs today? Is today going to be the day? And, you know, that that tends to put probably more added pressure on them as opposed to well, saying, hey, it's funny. Uh, Chris, you were kind enough to invite me over a couple of weeks ago uh, to watch the first night, the first game in Philadelphia. Night, mm-hmm. And this is a great story because DeGrom was pitching for the Mets. Philly jumped out, I think, to a 2 nothing lead. No, the, Met, the Mets and, were up 2 nothing. Oh, did they? I can't even remember. It was the Mets up 2 uh, nothing, And it was after six innings. And they, and they took DeGrom out. And that's I looked right, at you that's and, I right. said, and I said, you know they're going to blow this game now. Yeah, because they took him out and you said the, the bullpen's going to implode. Mm-hmm. And they did. Well, then they right gave on, up, right on schedule, right on cue. They gave up five runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. But then, what did I say to you after that? I'm like, oh no, no, no. The agit is not done yet <laughs> because because I know that this team is going to they're going to definitely bring the tying run to the plate. They're going to threaten and give you that possibility. <laughs> and it might be Alonzo up, and you're like, well, you know, home run here. We got a tie game. And then the first in the two top guys, of the ninth, yeah, yeah the top of the ninth comes, but the first two guys made out, and I thought, oh. They're going to go easy. They're going to, they're going to make this one painless. And no, they didn't. <laughs> because Yeah, what was it? Was it a couple of base hits? Yeah, they had like three hits. They scored a run. And then the go-ahead run came to the plate, and it was right. Alonzo. And what did I tell what did I tell you before that, if you remember, what the last that was going to be like? I think you said he was going to fly out deep to, right, to the, the warning track. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make you go and like on the edge of your seat like, oh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. No. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's, it's the, predicting the Mets is uh, easier than predicting the weather. The weather right? was, yeah, I could tell you that. Uh, so, you know, the Tums, and I made a joking post on Facebook with right. a bottle of Tums in one corner of my mouth and a bottle of wine jammed into the other. Because, you know, when you're a Met fan, you feel like that's that's the only way you're going to get through it. It's fun. When you're a Met, you're a Met all the way. 
Oh, you get cut. <laughs> Your last sure. dying day. You know, <laughs> it is it is fun. It's nice to have baseball back. It's nice to see at least some people in the stands. And I, you know, I'm hoping as we get deeper into the summer, maybe we'll be looking at, you know, 50% capacity and things of that nature. But even just hearing a crowd now and a real chant, not piped in, you know, yeah. audio of the crowd is kind of refreshing. So um, little by little, I guess we feel like we're taking some baby steps getting back to a, to a place we Yeah. And for me, this is a, a really a great time of year because it's uh, closing in on the Stanley Cup playoffs in the NHL. And um, I give the NHL a great deal of credit because they really put together uh, an entertaining season of sorts, given all that we've been dealing with. Um, but it's done pretty well uh, in terms of totally screwed up my rotisserie team with the COVIDs <laughs> because uh, I can't tell you, I have a bunch of guys on Edmonton who were supposed to play in Vancouver and Vancouver is now COVID closed for the time being. So as, oh, wow. as the saying goes, you yeah. know, now do you have, who be- shall pass besides rooting for your, um, you know, your fantasy league team or whatever, whatever it's called, so to speak, who's your team that you root for? that you actually would like to just see win the cup just because you like them. Um, I would like the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the cup. Oh gosh. It's or, or a Canadian team to win that? the cup. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if uh, Trump runs again in four years, that's where we're going. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> no, I'm sorry. Why, why do you uh, want a Canadian? Like, you know, it's fine if you like a Canadian no, team. I, nothing wrong with that. But I'm just curious as to why you would. No, I, I, really, I feel it's like when the Toronto Blue Jays won the World Series, I felt, well, that's our trophy. It's, that's the United States. And I feel bad that Canada doesn't seem to have won the Stanley Cup in a very, very long time. I well, think think it was probably 1993, though I'm sure I will be corrected, when Montreal won. That was the year before the Rangers won in 94. Right. Uh, well, I can look it up and get back to you, but yeah, I think but, that was it. But let's be honest. I mean... You know the Canadian teams have have they they've won their share, <laughs> and there are yeah more, there are more teams in the United States now than there are up in Canada playing. But I I understand it it, it it you know in North America it's Canada's game as opposed to you know the United States. Yeah, but, uh, you know I have to find out. I'm gonna and they're such out. nice people. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you really you don't really meet too many. I don't know. I not that I meet a lot of Canadians, but in my experience, like you don't ever say that guy's such an ass. You know, <laughs> Canadians just aren't. I don't know. They're that's just not how they operate. Isn't that, isn't that weird? Have you yeah. traveled in Canada at all? What's that? Have I been to Canada? I, have you? Yeah. Have you traveled at all? I've been. Uh, I mean, not, not recently, but you know, I've been. I've been up in Montreal. I was up in Montreal many, many years ago. Um, actually, for Expo '68, I was just a wee little tot. Um, but I've been to Toronto a couple of times. I love Toronto, but to me, Toronto is almost like a uh, United New York States type city. Yeah. A beautiful city, cleaner than New, it's York. New York, but really, really clean, clean. And, and, and like you said, friendly, uh, no offense to the city that I am from and live in, but you know what I mean? Um, but <laughs> I, I want to get to like, uh, Quebec and the, 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 some of those cities that have a, more of a European feel to them. And I really wanted to go back to Montreal, uh, Edme, my girlfriend, and I, we, we wanted to go to Montreal. That was one, one of our road trips planned before 
and yeah. you know what came in and shut everything down. But it's still on the list of a place I'd like to go back because I heard culturally Montreal is really beautiful and there's a great uh, food scene there and there's there's yeah. a lot to see there. So yeah. I'm looking forward I'll to that. You, I mean, because I've traveled a great deal in Canada um, up through Quebec and up to the St. Lawrence Seaway. Richelle you I think, is is where we were if that's a place mm. uh also uh back in the days when i could ski uh we would go up the laurent mountains in mont tremblant wow. which is you know so beautiful and then going out west a couple of years ago we went to calgary and banff lake louise which oh. is uh, it's got to be on your bucket list because yeah. it is by far one of the most spectacular places i've ever been and vancouver and yeah. uh whistler mountain uh, outside Vancouver, where the Olympics were many, many years ago. Uh, and Vancouver is also a great city with right. amazing food. And uh, it's just it's just wonderful. I really love Canada. Yeah, Vancouver is definitely also on, on my list. It's a beautiful part, you know, the country. You, you're near the coast, and yet the mountains are very close by. Yeah, you talk about Banff, and, and I've seen pictures from friends who've gone and it looks otherworldly. It is absolutely beautiful, breathtakingly beautiful. And that's in pictures, so I can't imagine what it's like in person. Hey, here's something you probably didn't know about me. And if you did, I don't know how you knew it. Oh, well, you know everything. You know, it's <laughs> unbelievable. The internet is wild. I'm going to dominate 2021, even though it's a quarter of the way over. As soon as 2020 ended, took a good look in the rearview mirror of life and said, See you later, 2020, mm. you bastard. No, indeed. 2021, for me, is all about self-care, love, which means focusing on being happy, feeling relaxed, taking care of myself, and mental clarity, which is not always easy. The first step to my better life is why a lot of people have been taking Sunday Scary CBD gummy bears like candy. Ooh Careful there. Mm -hmm. When your mind starts racing or you need to decompress, simply pop Two gummies, and in 20 minutes, you'll be in max relax mode. Oh. There's no risk guaranteed to buy. The company offers 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. And if the product's not for you, that's okay, too. You'll get your money back Sunday scary. And they're in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. Plus, we got you a 25% off to prove it. Mm. Visit sundayscaries.com and use the promo code B-L-E-A-V, believe, for your discount. That's promo code believe for 25% off sundayscaries.com. They're friggin' amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. Oh, I'm in max relax mode. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Uh, the TV show F Troop. F Troop, yes. You don't remember F Troop? I know the, I know the show. Uh, somebody by the name of Barry, uh, he was like the, what was his name? He was in a lot of Disney. Larry Storch was, Larry Storch the, was like the goofy guy. He played Agarn. Yeah. And uh, and there was an episode that they did with the burglar of Bamp. Oh, really? No, that I don't see. You watched a lot of F Troop. It was kind of in I my don't... head in the background, but I didn't focus on it that much. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Oh, by the way. Not Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes did watch a lot of that. By the way, just to go back as we continue yeah. to vamp here, but you were right. 1993, the Canadians, uh, last time they won the uh, the world champion, they beat the uh, LA Kings. That's the last time they won. Four wow. One. Yeah. And uh, since then, uh, no, there's been nothing. Oh, you're looking happen. at stuff now. So is Montreal that won? Did they beat Los Angeles? They beat the Kings uh, four games to one in that season. They did. 
Look at okay. you. Okay. Wow. I know. You remember? You don't remember, <laughs> I can't what, remember you had what I had for lunch? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, isn't that the truth isn't that the truth but uh, yeah I mean those old shows I think you probably and especially I think everybody tends to gain the real knowledge of these shows um, becoming experts because we watch them in reruns over and over and over again I mean I remember I'm thinking F Troop it was on during the afternoons when I would come home from school on one of the local either channel 5, 9 or 11 something like that I don't really remember it being on in prime time in my home, but I remembered watching. Yeah, I, I'm Ed. not sure when it was on. Yeah, there was like that whole cluster. Mr. Ed. Um, how about some of yeah, the Green uh, Green Acres? Green Acres, uh, Petticoat Junction. Um, oh yeah, that, that whole little collection. Here's Uncle a, Joey's and moving kind of slow. Oh god, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> At Haney. The junction. Remember, Mr. Haney, I have a genuine uh, tractor here for you, Mr. Douglas. <laughs> I had a huge crush on, uh, I think it was Meredith McRae, her name was. She was oh, yeah. Petticoat Junction. She was the first one. Then it was, then of course, it was Bewitched and, and uh, Elizabeth Montgomery. I had a huge crush on her, too. That was, and then of course, Jeannie yeah, came and along I, and she blew them all away. And it was, you know, that was just wearing that <laughs> outfit alone, it was kind of tough, you know. Just, this is kind of fun going down memory lane, which, by the way, last week on our show with Dave Carter, what a joy he was. Yeah. And you've known him for a long time. And that was the first time I'd met him. But what a kick that was. Yeah, he was he was great. And he's a good kid, as I like to say, a 48 year old yeah. kid. <laughs> They're all kids. They're all kids. But uh, no, he was uh, very sweet to, to give us his time and, and his expertise. But yeah, you know, he's a, you know, that's the difference. He was raised you know, in the MTV era that, that, right. you know, and it was different for him, but for us, you know, we were kind of watching a lot of sitcoms and those types of shows. I mean, do you, yeah. remember the, uh, you know, go ahead. let me take you back to Saturday nights mm. uh, when we were growing up. And I used for me as a, as a kid in the seventies, it was probably uh, Adam 12 mm -hmm. emergency, yeah. you know, uh, one Adam 12, one Adam 12. One I, Adam to, 12. I actually, uh, later on, at, when I worked at WNBC, they had the, they used to have these memorabilia shows and they'd bring back these people from 60s TV shows. And Kent McCord came one day. So I, I got to interview yeah. Kent McCord. I interviewed, what was that like? He was really a nice guy. And I got to be honest, the, the, he was a good looking dude and still, and still yeah. was. I'm like, the guy looked like, you know, like a Hollywood star still. I interviewed Tabitha a couple of times. She, she was a grown woman, obviously. From Bewitch? Yeah. Yes, from Bewitched. I interviewed. Um, oh gosh, uh, who was the 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 monsters? The normal one. Oh, Pat Priest. Pat Priest. Yes, yes, that was really fun. I'm good with this stuff, and and we can start music trivia at any time you want. By the yeah, way, yeah, we'll break out into that too. But you know, you're talking about we've been talking about those kind of the lighter shows. But um, although Adam Twelve was cheeky, but then there was like remember the uh, detectives like Manix. Yeah, I love Manix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Barnaby never, Jones, eh. But, but Manix, I love. Can I tell you, he had a he had a Barracuda. This was his car. Right. It was purple. And that was the car I aspired to own. Really? When I was old enough to learn how to drive, I thought, that's the car that's I want to have. Cool purple Barracuda. That's, that was probably mid-70s, right? Yeah, I would say early yeah. mid-70s with Manix. And you know, and I think wasn't he the one that never had a he never carried a gun? 
you know, he was chasing after these horrible criminals. I remember at times, you know, climbing yeah. the side of a, a mountain in California, but he doesn't have a gun. I'm like, so he catches up to him. Now what's going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. I bet I don't even remember. Uh, yeah. Which is amazing because now everybody has a gun, right? I don't, yeah. Well, sadly, uh, too many. And, you know, I, know. I, I, don't, I don't remember really if Jones did or not, but uh, you know, then there was. How about Get Smart? Yeah. Did you watch Get Smart? Yeah, that's a, that was a classic, though. But I think I missed some of the humor when I was a little too young in that. That's Mel Brooks was behind that. And uh, Don Adams delivered everything. Yeah, so absolutely. But I think I was missing some of the, the cheekiness of all of that uh, when I was that young. Then when I saw the reruns later, I'm like, oh, my God, this show was crazy. It was stupidly oh, off guy, the it's hook. brilliant. I don't know. Like, I, I find sitcoms now I have a problem with. And when we had one of our guests on, uh, Van Zandt, um, Oh, yeah. Billy Van Zandt. Billy Van yeah. Zandt. And, you know, we were talking about sitcom writing. And I just find when I watch sitcoms today, they're, they're very formulated. It's like setup line, setup line, boom, punchline, laugh, ha ha. Yeah. We, and it, it, they're not situation comedies. What made those comedies mm-hmm. so funny was the situations that the characters were in and their personalities, how how they did or didn't fit into it. So like all in the family. Yeah. yeah. You know, not always so much the, the line itself isn't funny. It's funny because it's coming out of that character's mouth in that situation. And that's good situation comedy writing. But nowadays it seems like they're joke writing on sitcoms. Yeah. And I, I, it's very trite to me. I'm not, I'm not a big fan. It was actually, it was great when we had Billy on. We, yeah. we want to invite you to go back and listen to that because he was a great guest. We were talking about uh, baseball before. I don't mean to change the subject, but yeah, actually, I do mean to change the subject. We're all over the place. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's why do people always say long story short, and it's never short. Well, you know what I say, because I know me, I say long story longer, (laughs) and then I continue. (laughs) Yeah. But but yes, (laughs) there are are people who do that, you know, or short story. But I was going to say, talking about baseball and yesterday, uh, this is the day before we record the show, um, was the 15th of April. So we're recording on the 16th, but the 15th of April is Jackie Robinson Day uh, for Major League Baseball. And it's one of the things I love. And I don't know how many years they've been doing this now, but of course, Jackie Robinson wore number 42. Mm-hmm. And everybody in every ballpark Wears a uniform with the number forty-two on it to salute Jackie Robinson, and I think that's just uh, the coolest thing. I think it's really neat. No, you, it, you know, obviously, and and it's when you think about the impact um, of how that changed the game, not only just the game itself, but the social implications of the game. And there was a, I was a while back, I was on a plane and there was a more recent movie that was done about that. And, you know, what that man really endured and he was a, he was a strong spirited individual, obviously, but what he endured and had to swallow and continue to pursue playing baseball to the level that he did. He played. Yeah. There are not too many professional athletes who could have taken the abuse the, the death threats, the pressure, um, and then still perform the way he did. The guy was brilliant on yeah. so many levels and a very intelligent man as well. And certainly that's well-deserved. 
um, you know. Do you remember the show we did uh, last, I, it was sometime last summer, mm-hmm. and anybody who listens to us here on uh, Middle Age Warriors can certainly go back and find the show that we did. Uh, it wasn't specifically on Jackie Robinson, but mm-hmm. it was with Wayne Lonstein, mm-hmm. and Wayne's dad had uncovered uh, some interview tapes that his father, who was also a reporter, had done with Jackie Robinson. And Wayne actually found them and was telling us about them. Do you remember this, Chris? Oh, yeah. And, and he, I turned believe... him over, he turned them over to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, because I, I believe that that interview, as it turned out, was the last interview that Jackie had given. It just so happened he he took ill after that, and that was the last official interview. So that's what made that even more, you know, prolific. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it would be wonderful just to you stumble across a tape and wait, who who's who's that interviewing here? Oh, it's Jackie Robinson. And then for it to turn out yeah. to have been the, the last interview that he ever did publicly was was pretty amazing. Yeah, that, that's worth listening. You know, hearing Wayne, our guest Wayne Lonstein, tell that story, you could still hear like his pride and also how moved he was by just retelling yeah. that story. And he's a big baseball fan, Wayne, as it is. So a great understanding of what, what that's all about. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that back. was, that was really one of the highlight shows that we did early on. We've had so many, by the way, you're listening to middle-aged warriors with me, Rick and Chris on the Believe podcast network. And we're uh, just kind of shooting the shit today. You're just, eavesdropping on a couple of guys who are just sitting here filling time happily filling time and just uh, yeah well i we're by filling the way, time uh and part of the squeeze too the last few days i know you're doing it last week uh tax time so i got my taxes done so that's kind of one less thing oh, over yeah. me uh they extended it i guess <clears> this year to may 15th or something like that i believe it's a may one, 18th i may think 18th, or something like that. that something like that a little bit later but, yeah, uh, I wanted to get get it over with, and uh, of course, when you don't work too much, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the first time I didn't get spanked real hard. So I'm like, I'm pretty happy about this. It's, it's not so bad, but uh, yeah, well, listen, you get spanked for all those good years of earning. Thank, oh, thank goodness you had them, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. It, it's all good. But again, just one one thing to check off uh, check off the list and move forward. I've got a. Uh, uh, a number coming up birthday wise that I'm not really thrilled with. We could, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Well, you you've been there now it's, for several uh, months. You're you're almost wrapping up on a year of being there. Almost so. a year, you know. But uh, what do you, you think? Know, you know, I I'm not. I don't like the number because you know I, I I still have a mathematical sense from being a meteorologist where you're like, well, the number's the number, Chris. You know, sixty doesn't get younger. It just doesn't. You know, and sixty's closer to eighty than it is to thirty. And you know, you can yada yada the math all over the place and realize, well, uh, time's ticking. I'm happy with where I am. I'm happy with how I am. Knock on wood, physically. Um, but man, sixty. How the hell did I get here? I how know. How do you get there? Like it's this is crazy. How did you become a middle-aged warrior? Yeah, well, yeah, the warrior part now really, you know, I don't know for you what if if it meant anything in particular different 59 going into 60. I mean, it really is just a number, it's a label. But No, and the truth of the matter is I turned 60 last June, so we were smack dab in the middle of phase 1 of COVID and mm-hmm. that really uh dominated the headlines. And that's true. At that point last June, it was a survival thing, you know, 
Right. <laughs> 60 was going to be a gift if uh, if we got there and we didn't it, get yeah. the, the virus. Yeah. Now That's it's true. a year later almost. And not that I'm taking anything lightly. Um, by the way, uh, you know, I've been having problems with my, my shoulder, mm. a rotator cuff, a slight tear in my rotator cuff. And there's another muscle that I can't tell you what it's called, but I went to the doctor yesterday. I got to tell you, and it's not my pitching arm, by the way. I was going to so, say, I don't know what happened there, but okay. I got to tell you, I have never had such pain as dealing with this rotator cuff injury. Hmm. And it's, it's really, it's caused me not to sleep well for probably the past three weeks to a month. And I finally went to see a great doctor up, up, uh, where we were living in white plains and, uh, it's so funny because he put me on a new prescription. First of all, I got a cortisone shot, which was really helpful. Oh, that's good. Na, 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 na. Um, and he put me on a prescription for something. I picked it up yesterday and I'm reading the directions and it says, take one pill per day by mouth. Yes. <laughs> Let's not get into that again. We're going to get into yeah. Meredith Vieira territory. <laughs> okay. with I know. Get Meredith Vieira back here. Yeah, really. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but that is true. They do. They do say by mouth. I don't know by what mouth. option you'd have. I mean, yeah. What else, yeah. What else are you going to do with this thing? I mean, you know, we do have more than one orifice. Nose. You know, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. We do have more than one orifice, per, I, I guess. But you would think it would only specify if it were a different one than the mouth. Exactly. <clears throat> you know, that would be. Out yeah. Of but to to your point, you know, that's one of those injuries that. You know, it, it doesn't sound, oh, it's a slight tear rotator cuff. You don't realize how many body movements entail yeah. the rotator cuff doing something or being involved in it. And you know it now, Rick, I'm sure, because you feel pain in so many things that you do on a daily basis. It's not something, you know, that, oh, if I'm not throwing a pitch, it won't hurt. Other than, you know, that's the only way I'll know it's there. Right. Oh, no, <laughs> that's not true. Well, have you ever broken a rib? I don't believe so. I think I've either, I may have had a hairline fracture one time, but yeah. I because I breathing was a little tough, but I can imagine it was, it was not a full break. Cause that, I that's hard. That is like, that's one of those injuries. Like if you don't think it's a big deal, not a big deal. I fell and uh, landed on my ribs. And every time you would cough, laugh, deep mm. breathe, um and yeah. god forbid bump into something i mean it was miserable but it heals and that seems like a long time ago in the rearview mirror but this rotator cuff thing is like i don't i shouldn't say i don't wish on anybody yeah there are probably some people i do wish <laughs> it on but i'm not going to spend a lot of energy or a lot of time thinking about it it's too late to wish that on. but i'm glad i'm not pitching yeah. All right. Exactly. No, but it's, you know, again, it, it's, it's the type of thing, like it doesn't sound like a, a major injury. I mean, I've been very lucky all my life. I don't know how I, I've never broken a bone. So, um, and I played some sports, not the most rigorous baseball, mostly did a little hockey, but uh, you know, ma managed to uh, be, uh, uh, I guess sleuth like enough to get out of the way of hurting myself. I don't know, but I, oh, I know yeah. that's the problem ribs, especially because even the, one of the first thing, one of the things you mentioned there was a, it's something called breathing, you know, and the rib cage is <laughs> in, in closing those yeah. lungs that have to open and, and expand, you know? So it's, uh, you know, I feel for people who've had to go through that certainly, but uh, as we look forward now, finally, as I look out the window here, things are coming into bloom. I love when people, I don't know if you run into this at all 
and I, I get it. I've never been a, a big, big allergy sufferer. I, I tend to have some allergies, uh, usually more in the fall than in the spring, but I've had both, but not really bad like some people have it. So people post all these pictures. Look at this is in bloom. Oh, how beautiful. People are so happy to see I know. leaves and color again and flowers. And then people go, oh yeah, I know, but my allergies are really acting up and I hate it. It's like, wow, thanks for pissing on it. It's just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, aesthetically, it, it's beautiful. And yeah. the cherry blossoms oh, that are blooming now in Central Park here in New York um, and uh, north of the city, the Forsythia. Aren't you impressed with my herbology? I like that you knew Forsythia. Or, or whatever, Mr. Green Thumb. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because I think, you know, that we're so mask conscious at this mm-hmm. point because of COVID, I think people are going to suffer less this year because they're not going to be breathing stuff in. Well, it's, it's possible. I mean, I know a lot of it too is, is eye irritant, but I can yeah. imagine that, you know, we went through the winter and it is interesting. I don't, I haven't said, I can't say I went specifically to look at anything. I know what you're going to say. And I agree. Like flus. We're down the generic right. flu, stomach flu. Who ever heard of a stomach flu this winter? I mean, every winter you hear about some stomach flu tearing through schools and uh, yeah. towns and locations. It's really bad. Like, what happened? Where, where did that? Where did that go? Did we just not pay attention to it, or did the masks really sort of slow down transmission, or is it just that we weren't gathered in places? in offices together by the hundreds or in, you know, arenas and all sorts of things. I mean, it's probably a little bit of both. I would yeah. Think. How about this for a slogan? COVID, the new flu. <laughs> the new <laughs> flu. Oh, great. Uh, the only flu. But, you know, it's bringing up something, uh, going back to the conversation before, and I, and I, there's a, there's a big billboard now on the New Jersey Turnpike at some point a friend of mine, actually, he's been on our show, Steve McLaughlin, meteorologist down in uh, the NBC station. In Miami. Miami. Yeah. And he, for the last several years, I'm, I think it's, it might even be 10 years now. I'm not sure if it's that long, but I know he celebrated some kind of anniversary of being a vegan. And, you know, I have my own whatever about that. It's, you want to, you want to do it, power to you. I, I, I don't, I don't care. I wouldn't criticize somebody for it, but don't criticize me for not being one. And, and we're cool. Some do criticize non-vegans. But anyway, he didn't have any effect at all after both vaccines. And he said that viruses need animal protein to thrive. And apparently there's a theory that because if you're you know, a carnivorous human being or you're ingesting animal protein in some shape or form and it's in your system all the time, when a virus comes in contact with your body, it utilizes that to continue to reproduce within your body. So I, and then there's a big billboard that says that meat products cause pandemics or the cause of pandemics. And it's like tied into that, that that's how these viruses continue to spread and grow through animal protein. And if we continue to ingest animal protein, then the likelihood is. That's on the Jersey Turnpike. Yeah, there's a it's a, one of it's one of the electronic ones. Uh, yeah, I, I'm guessing it's probably uh, on a billboard right before one of the areas where you have to stop for gas, McDonald's or Wendy's, or- and a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, more than likely they went that distance, but no, but it's it's that's an interesting thing. Think, right? 
but I, I don't I don't know enough about it. I mean, maybe we could even find somebody one day to come on to speak about it because it's an interesting. I don't know if it's true or not, but um, you know, I had kind of jokingly said to him when he said he had no side effect. I'm like, well, that's because you're a vegan. And he goes, no, no joke. And then he went on to explain it. And then I saw the billboard like a week later. I'm like, oh, so maybe this is a thing. You know, there's a lot of theories out there for a lot of things, whether or not they're true, they're half-baked, they're half-true. You know, you know it's, it's interesting that you even brought up the thought. And, you know, knowing that you have a, a cat and a, and a dog and you're an animal lover and we have a cat and I'm an animal lover. Um it's me. I don't understand how I cannot be vegan mm. because it's just, I mean, I know in my mind that it would be the right thing to do, but I, I just, uh, you know, I like going to a restaurant and having a pork chop. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like, I don't I, like I, thinking about, right. You know, right. I think somehow for whatever reason, we managed to compartmentalize the thought, because like you said, you can sit at any given moment and convince yourself like, oh my God, why would I do that? You know, why, why would I promote killing another being, species, just for the sake of, because I like the way it tastes. And that seems a little barbaric and, you know, but on the other hand, we kind of forget that. And we're, you know, we are carnivorous, I think, to a degree, uh, by nature. And that's probably, there's a natural and innate drive to do that. I mean, there are people, I've heard people talk on the other side of the fence and saying, there's reasons why being a vegan is not healthy because you're not getting certain proteins and certain things for your body development. I have mm -hmm. a feeling, I, I think that's the kind of thing though, Rick, that I don't think you can be a vegan from birth necessar necessarily. I think there are certain things a human being needs along the way in development, but maybe then once you're fully developed, you know, being a vegan is not gonna be a harmful thing in any shape or form. It's probably a healthier uh, way. And once you're thinking on your own, uh, in, unless it's something that your parents have yeah. and impress upon you. But, yeah. you know, it's really interesting. Uh, remember the Netflix thing you turned me on to, My Octopus Teacher? Yeah. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, which is an amazing program. But it's gotten to the point now where Valerie and I, when we go out, we will not eat octopus anymore. No more and I love, I love octopus. Yeah, no, no more pulpo. But, no, and I mean, you know I, what? One of the things... You remember the, uh, you, Valerie, and I went out to dinner a couple months ago. We walked into a restaurant and they had the lobsters in the, uh, in the fish tank. tank. Yeah. And one of the things she hates is going to a restaurant and they, you know, uh, they asked if, if you were going to order a lobster for her to pick a lobster mm. and play God essentially and choose who's going to be my meal. You yeah, know, well. it's like, and I, I, you know, that's not for everybody, but uh, I totally get it. And I agree. I, I don't like picking a lobster and saying, sorry, dude, yeah. your number is up. You're the one. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. if you really got into it and thought about the process that, that all of this takes to get to our, our plate on our table at home, you'd be like, eh, maybe not so much. But, you know, we don't see the process, so it's easy enough to just say, hey, this tastes good. Put some garlic on it and uh, whatever. Not garlic, I'm sorry. Valerie doesn't doesn't like garlic. We put something else on it. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, on that note, uh, the restaurants hopefully are doing a little bit better. We still have to have uh, both of our restaurant uh, friends uh, on the show a little bit to see 
what they're up to, how they're handling all of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got your buddy at et cetera, et cetera, in the city, in the theater district, uh, Daniele. I've got Maria Loy with a Greek restaurant in Midtown Manhattan. And not only have they been surviving, they've been so supportive of the people that work for them and also yeah. giving back to the community and, and giving Absolutely. food to, to all of the healthcare work. I mean, these, these are a couple of really amazing people. And I, I, I really think we should, we should do a show to, that honors both of them and gives them a chance to, uh, you know, state. That'd be nice. Place. Also, um, I don't, you know, Patsy's on, uh, oh, sure. on 56 three, yeah. Yeah, which is probably one of the storied restaurants oh, yeah. in New York in the history mm-hmm. of uh, people who used to eat there, Frank Sinatra and, and all kinds of athletes and everybody. And they've got pictures and pictures, autographs yeah. on the wall mm-hmm. and, uh, Sal, who uh, is owner, uh, and it's been in his family business for a long time. Um, we we went and had dinner with him. Uh, it was probably late last summer because we sat outside. But they they had to pack it in, and basically he ended up going out to New Jersey and setting up a restaurant. Patsy's out there. Oh, uh, I think in near Asbury Park. Really, but he's I, I also didn't... one of those people that is constantly giving to the first. Uh, first responders yeah. and homeless people and mm-hmm. and Daniele uh and et cetera et cetera here in New York uh is high on our list as you well know he's like family to me and um it's amazing that these people have survived yeah and and the other flip to this uh, the the three that in particular you just brought up we were talking about is the fact that you know they were suffering terribly but what did they do? They were actually giving back as best they could to the community that was taking care of us and trying to get us through this. So that only speaks volumes to look, they're great restaurateurs, but they are really great people and sound solid citizens of this country. So uh, if you can, and you're in New York and, you know, support all of the restaurants for that matter, but uh, yeah, you know, keep our friends in mind, the, the name, the names we just dropped here, but we're going to try to have them on the air too. Maria in particular, I like because she believes very uh, heavily in the Mediterranean diet. And and that's an important element, I think. I think we've all learned when it comes to a, when a virus like this reaches the level that it did, how vital it is for us individually to have immune systems that are ready to fight. And what what's the most important thing to have a strong immune system is your diet and what you put in it. And she's a heavy believer in that. But it's not a suffering diet, believe me. She makes some great stuff. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk more about her. Well, you know, I'm a firm believer in you get what you give, and they have given so much, and hopefully they'll get enough to get by, survive, and thrive as we get past this pandemic. As uh, you and I probably close in on our our closing moments here. Yes, I was going to say uh, with that. I think. Um, I think we spewed enough here. Um, hopefully you're still listening. <laughs> if And if at some point you're not, just go back to one of the other shows, uh, much better yeah. shows than this. But I hope you enjoyed uh, some time and maybe stirred up some some memorabilia, some thoughts uh, of, of where we've come from and how we get to where we are. From what and we who we are. Counted and who we are, yeah. yeah. With that, uh, Mr. Rick, I'm going to Mr. say... Uh, Mr. Chris. always. Stay well, be safe out there, be smart. We'll see you next time. Be good, feel good. We're just a couple of middle-aged warriors, and we appreciate you spending some time with us. 
And of course, as always, the show is brought to you by Bet Online. Play it out! Hey, thanks for joining us again on Middle Age Warriors here on the Believe Podcast Network. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. Five stars would be really, really nice. Not that I'm trying to influence you or anything. Also, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Middle Age Warriors, your mileage may vary. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.